Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Shriver. We're so glad you're listening with us today. Today, we're continuing our new series called God Strong. In this series, we're going to discover how to become spiritually stronger by developing practical skills meant to help us grow deeper in our walk with God. Last week, we talked about the importance of valuing the Word of God over the voice of the world. Today, we're going to talk about putting prayer into practice in a very practical way. Before we begin today, I also want to let you know that Erie First Assembly is regathering. We have resumed our in-person services at Erie First with new service times at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., as well as a live stream of the 11 a.m. service on Facebook and YouTube. You can find out more about our procedures we are using at Erie First by visiting eriefirst.org. We'd love to see you in person if you're in the Erie, Pennsylvania area this weekend. Okay, let's get started. Here's Pastor Nicole. I want to start by telling you a story um, about a country preacher who decided to skip services one Sunday. Now, I want the same amount of energy as you just had with Kayla, okay? So everyone go, oh, skip services. So he head to the hills um, to do some bear hunting uh, because, you know, he wanted to just have him and the Lord and the bears. And so he, he uh, the story goes, he rounded the corner of a perilous twist in the trail, and he and a bear collided, and sending him and his rifle tumbling down the mountainside. And before he knew it, um, his rifle went one way, and he went the other, and he landed on a rock, and he broke his leg. Okay? So he is sitting on this rock, thinking about how he's going to get out of the situation. And then, if things weren't going bad then, around the corner comes the ferocious bear. And he begins to charge him from a, from a distance, and he realizes, the, the preacher realizes he's not going to be able to escape. So he says to the Lord with his faith, he says, oh Lord, I'm so sorry for skipping services today to come out here and hunt. Please forgive me. Grant me this one last prayer. Please make this bear a Christian that's coming at me. Please, Lord, make this bear a Christian. And so as the bear is um, coming toward him, he skips to a halt. He falls to his knees. He clasps his paws. And he looks at the preacher and begins to pray right, right at the preacher's feet. Dear Lord, bless this food I'm about to eat. <laughs> In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about not bears or preachers skipping church, but prayer. We're going to talk about prayer. And we're in a series right now uh, that we're calling God Strong. Uh, Today when you came in, maybe you got this bracelet at the door or you got one last week. If you didn't, you can get one on your way out. But the idea of this bracelet is to put it somewhere so that all week long, uh, you would just bring to mind what we're talking about at church. Um, I shared with you last week that a few months ago, The closures and the restrictions due to the coronavirus left us unable to meet here in the building for some time. And as we began to return, I I said to the Lord, okay, what do you want me to tell uh, the people, Lord? What is it you want me to tell them? And, And he said to me, you know, I want you to preach the series that you would have preached if you knew what was coming in front of you. I want you to preach that series. And that's why we're talking about 
God strong. It's this idea that no matter what happens, we can be spiritually strong. It's about knowing how to feed your spirit, even if you can't do all the normal things you would do, like come to church or go to someone's house for Bible study. And so together, we're going to shore up our faith and so that we can be God strong no matter what circumstances come toward us. Does that sound good to everybody this morning? All right, that's the direction that we're heading. I like that clapping. I do want you to know last week was the first time we did two services in quite some time, and the 9 a.m. far exceeded in enthusiasm. So thank you, and I will scold the 11 if they don't laugh at those jokes. So Ephesians 3, 16 through 17, this is where I want to start this morning. This is what it says. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him, and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And that's where this series comes from, for us to be God strong. So over the weeks of this series, we're going to talk about some spiritual disciplines that we can do to become God strong. Now, when I say spiritual disciplines, this is what I mean. Regular practices that benefit our spiritual life and produce fruit. So these are basically spiritual habits. They're things that we do in our lives over and over and over again, all lifelong, that build into us that make our spirit strong. Richard Foster is this great author. He wrote a book about spiritual disciplines, and it, in it, he, he talks about this. He kind of gives a word picture for spiritual disciplines, and he says it's like a farmer, or maybe you're a gardener or a farmer, and all you can do is produce, put together all the right conditions for the growing. Ultimately, you cannot grow the plant. You cannot grow the grain. Uh, you, can, you can cultivate the ground. You can plant the seed. You can water. You can pull the weeds. But ultimately, the farmer cannot grow the grain. And so what spiritual disciplines are is they're a way of, for us to sow into the spirit. There are these habits, these practices that we can regularly do, basically so we can put ourselves in the ground, in the garden, so that God can help us grow, okay? I thought that was a really beautiful analogy, because spiritual disciplines are not a goal or a means to an end. They aren't what we're shooting for. They're the thing that we do that helps us get to where we believe that God is taking us to go. And so last week, we talked about the spiritual discipline of Bible intake. And I hope that this week, maybe you read your, the scripture a little bit more or thought about it a little bit differently. We talked about how the word of God is helpful. It helps with correction and teaching and training, but it's only helpful if it gets inside of our hearts. And so it's so important for us to engage in that. And today, I want to talk about the spiritual discipline of prayer. So prayer... Um, I really believe, for many of us, is an untapped resource in our spiritual life. In fact, it is talked about more than anything else, I feel like often in the church, but it's practiced less than anything else. In fact, I think sometimes, even as believers, we talk about it a lot, but practicing it is a whole nother uh, can of worms. It's a whole nother um, thing that we have to engage in. We often give others advice. Have you ever done this? You say to someone they're having a problem, they come to you and you say, well, pray about it. But then when we have a problem, we do everything that we can to fix it, and then if it doesn't work, we pray about it. We give this advice about pray through these situations or, or pray about this situation. We believe prayer works, but it is not always our first point of action. In fact, sometimes it's our last resort. 
When I was in college, my campus pastor um, explained it this way, and I've never forgotten it. He says, our theology has to reflect our neology. And what he means by that is, look, you can talk about prayer all day long. You can even believe prayer works. But if you don't do it, if you don't practice it, if you don't get on your knees, then you are not fully engaging in the spiritual discipline. You're not going to get the fruit from it. So your theology has to become our neology. Prayer in the simplest form is a pipeline of communication between God and his people. And it's meant to be a conversation. Prayer is talking to God and listening to God. Sometimes we get one or the other well and not both. So prayer is talking to God, but prayer is also listening to God. You know, some of you may have been praying for a long time, and, and, but I do want to encourage you this morning that this spiritual discipline is never meant to be mastered. This spiritual discipline, is ne- it's a lifelong learning process. The goal of practicing prayer as a discipline is to explore it in fresh ways. Uh, I think of it like a marriage. You may have heard this analogy before, is that all your life to have a really healthy marriage, you have to find different ways to love each other right? The same way when you first got married doesn't always work 20 or 30 or 40 years into it. And so we're always finding new ways to love the people in our life. And this is the goal of practicing prayer all your life, is to find these fresh new ways to communicate with God, to express your love to him, and to hear from him very clearly his love for you. So this morning, I hope that I can give maybe a fresh perspective on your prayer life, whether you would give yourself an A or give yourself a to be improved, whatever it is that you would say your prayer life is, that I could give you a fresh perspective that can get you sort of jump-started and God-strong. All right, so that's where we're headed this morning. And I want to look in Colossians 4 for the primary part of our time. And Paul is writing this. And this is what he says in Colossians 4. It's the first four verses. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So there is so much that we can learn. Um, I I tell you this often, but this happens to me. I will uh, pray and the Lord will give me a passage and then I will only get through one verse. And that one verse is telling us so many things. So I'm really gonna focus on Colossians 4 too because it tells us so much about prayer when we really dig into it. I wanna pick out three really valuable things uh, from just verse two that can teach us about how to pray. And that verse is devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. I want to give you a little pro tip this week. You know, that would be a great God-strong verse to memorize. If you're looking for something to memorize this week, that would be an awesome verse to memorize. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Okay, so this is what we learned from it. Number one, pray persistently. That word devote, devote yourself to prayer. Or another translation reads, continue earnestly in prayer. You know, Jesus also highlighted the need to be persistent in prayer. In fact, two of the most instructive parables that he taught about prayer are in Luke 11 and Luke 18, and it talks about how you have to be persistent in prayer. Uh, Luke 11:9 is maybe that popular verse you've heard that says, ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened to you. Now, those verbs are actually present tense. Okay, they're, they're in the active voice. And so they could be translated this way, keep on asking. 
Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Pray. Pray until something happens. That's what that verse is saying. Ask and it shall be given to you. And ask again and ask again and seek more and keep on seeking. Now Luke 18.1 is even more straightforward, unarguable. It says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Mic drop, I'm done here. Okay, like that's what he says. Pray persistently. Now I thought about why is it easy to give up sometimes? Why is it, why is it hard sometimes to pray persistently? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. First, the enemy hates prayer. The enemy doesn't want us to pray. So he tries to get in our way. He tries to distract us or discourage us. He, he tries to maybe have us procrastinate and say, oh, you can do that later. Or he tries to keep us from communicating with the creator. He wants to keep us busy. He wants to keep us too occupied. Have you ever thought about that? But you know what is so incredible about that is that if prayer was powerless, then it would be easy. But the enemy knows that prayer is so powerful that he keeps you from it. If prayer was powerless, it'd be easy to do it. But the reason why we have to be persistent is because the enemy knows that if we pray, things happen, right? Things change. And so we need to pray persistently. I think another thing that happens when we pray and maybe the Lord doesn't answer the way we imagine right away is we sometimes can start translating God's silence or God's delay as a reluctance for him to help us, right? We start thinking, okay, God, I asked you. I've had the faith to ask you. Here I am. Why just aren't you changing this situation? I, I don't understand. But I want you to know that it is, it is very much false thinking that a delay in God's answer is him not responding to us. In fact, the perceived delay in God's response is not that he isn't working. It's not that he hasn't heard us. We don't repeat prayers persistently uh, because we aren't sure if God heard us the first time. That's not the goal of praying persistently because God has heard us and he is working. If you put it in God's hands, he'll handle it. That's one of the mantras that I feel like God has put in my heart for, for all of these years. And I, I just really believe that even in this moment, I feel like the Lord is just kind of dropping into my spirit right now in, in a prophetic way, that even in this moment, that there's someone here, or maybe several of you here, that God wants to speak to you, that God wants to tell you very, very clearly that he has not forgotten about you. That everything he promised you, he will be faithful to perform. That everything you prayed for, God has heard you and God is able to bring that to pass. More than able, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything that you could ask of him. So don't get weary. Pray persistently. I believe that, that God tells us that. Because in some ways, he wants to do something inside of us as part of that praying process. Okay, the second thing we see from Colossians 4 verse 2 is to pray passionately. And it's that word watchful. Paul, Paul uses that word, and it's actually the opposite of lazy. It actually means uh, vigilant, or it literally actually means wakeful. 
wakeful. You know, sometimes we pray like we're asleep spiritually, don't we? Sometimes we pray like we're asleep spiritually. We are not remembering the power of God when we pray. We are not remembering the faithfulness of God. We are not remembering the sovereignty of God. We don't act like we are addressing the God of the universe who can speak to the mountain and tell it to move, who can say one word and the storm stills, or who can breathe and create human beings. We forget that when we're praying, but we have a direct line of communication to that God. That is who we're praying to. It's that God that we have full and and absolute connection with. And so I believe what this is saying is when we are watchful, we are watching for the answers to our prayers. Like we are so confident that they're coming, so we stand in great anticipation of the answers and the solutions because they are on the way and he is the way maker. That's what that means, that, that devote yourselves to prayer, not just any kind of prayer, not just prayer that, that we mumble out when we are frustrated or we need something, but this, this prayer that is watchful, this passionate prayer, this not sleepy prayer, this wakeful and watchful prayer. And we see Jesus, he models this for us so many times in the scripture. Uh, in Luke 3.1, he's at his baptism and he's praying in Luke 6, 12, he's, he's calling his disciples. He, he had prayed all night, and then he uh, went out and spent the day calling his team of disciples. And then, of course, in Luke 23, uh, Jesus hangs on the cross, and he, he, again, he prays passionately. And as I looked at a few of those moments that Jesus was praying, what do we see in all three of these prayerful moments of Jesus? Baptism, when he called his disciples, and when he hung on the cross. What do we see happens Passionate prayer opens the heavens. Passionate prayer opens the heavens. Jesus always prayed with passion because he knew who it was he was talking to. And he knew the access he had to the Father is a powerful thing and not something to take lightly. James 5.16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. That's what James is talking about there too, passion, having passionately praying. So when is the last time you prayed to God with passion in your eyes and fire in your bones? When is the last time that you had this moment with God that you felt like you were gonna jump out of your skin when you were praying because you believe that who you were talking to has all the, the power and authority in the whole universe? All right, let's do the third thing, uh, praying persistently, praying passionately. And the last one that that verse talks about is praying gratefully. Now, George Mueller was a man in Germany in the late 1800s. He was actually um, the director of an orphanage in England, and he was known for his effective prayer life. Wouldn't that be awesome? Like, not so much your football career or how many Grammys you won, but you know what George Mueller's known for? That he was prayed, (laughs) That's what I wanna be known for, right? That he prayed effectively. I wanna tell you this story I read. Uh, One day he was at the orphanage, the house mother came to him and said, listen, George, uh, it's breakfast time, there's 300 orphans in the dining room and we don't got no food. (laughs) What's the plan? And George says, okay, put them all in the the cafeteria and um, I'll figure it out and and, um, just go ahead and set them in there. And so George went to his office 
and he didn't crawl Pizza Hut. He got on his knees and he said, Lord, I've got hungry kids here and I don't have any money and I don't have any food, but I want to thank you in advance for the way that you're going to provide for these children because you always do. And before the words even got out of his mouth, there's a knock at the door. It's a baker from down the road. Mr. Mueller, last night I couldn't sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread this morning, so I got up and I baked all this bread, and here you go. And George says, oh, great, and says the house mother, go pass it out. And then just before they could even get all the bread out, there's another knock at the door, and it was the milkman because his cart broke down right in front of the orphanage. And the milk would spoil by the time he could get it anywhere. So he said to George, do you think you could use some of this? And George smiled as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk, just enough for 300 thirsty orphans. What I love about this is George Mueller thanked God before he even saw the answer. He prayed gratefully he prayed gratefully. He thanked God before he even saw the answer. So here's what Colossians 4.2 reminds us, that we should pray persistently, that we should pray passionately, and that we should pray gratefully. And, and I want to just end with this. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And I want to end in these last few minutes um, of talking a little bit, giving you maybe a specific super effective way of how to pray, because maybe um, you might think to yourself, I want to pray like this, but I don't know how, I don't know the tools. So let me give you um, just a specific way to do this as a practical application. One super effective method of prayer is using the Bible. And here's why. When we use the words of the Bible to pray, this can help, first of all, alleviate some stress or worry about what to say, but also, uh, when we use the words of the Bible to pray, we know we are praying the will of God because the words of God are the will of God. If you take the living and active word of God and you internalize it and you dwell on it and you let it abide in you, it brings God glory. So praying scripture is a way that we can assure that we are praying in line with the character and the will of God. His words show us his will. So this is what we're gonna do today. Um, we're gonna look at a couple verses I wanted this to be a really uh, practical application, a practical series. So we're going to look at some verses of Scripture, and I'm going to uh, give you an idea of how to pray through these verses of Scripture, and then we're going to take a few minutes to actually do that, okay? And the worship team's just going to help with a little bit of music to kind of help us uh, get our hearts moved in the right direction. Here's the deal. You can pray silently. You can pray uh, kind of quietly out loud. You can write it out. You can type out your prayer. You can pray with the person that came next to you. You can uh, do it all by yourself. Whatever you choose, this, the only guideline is pray, okay? That's what you do. That's what we're doing in these next five or so minutes together. We're gonna pray together. We're gonna put into action the spiritual discipline of prayer, okay? So I wanna put up Psalm 139, one through three. And I'm gonna, just going to give you an example, a sample of what I would do if I was going to pray through the scripture. Okay, so first of all, I would read it, Psalm 139, 1 through 3. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. 
You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. And so if you were gonna pray through this passage, maybe you would thank God um, that he isn't distant. You would thank God that he doesn't have to be caught up to speed, that, that when we bring things to him, he isn't shocked or he isn't surprised. You could use this passage as a launch point for confession, maybe saying, Lord, you know everything about me, that's what this scripture says, so I confess and I repent of these things. Or you can ask God, as this verse says, to keep you on the right path and help you do what glorifies him. However your heart is inclined, let's just take a minute right now and would you just pray through these verses right, right where you are, right in your seat right now. Is Psalm 139, four through six. It says, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. In this passage, you could pray about God's protection. You could ask God to hem you in behind and before. You can pray that same protection over your family over your friends, over the people that you love. You could pray for the knowledge and the understanding of God and his ways. Uh, you could give thanks to God for his awesomeness. You could have that grateful part that we talked about, something to celebrate. God, your ways are too lofty for me to understand. Thank you that you're so big and that you're so incredible and that you'll work in all the ways I can't see or understand. Whatever the direction that this propels you toward, uh, let's just take a minute right now and pray through these verses, verses four through six.
great. So I, I got you started in Psalm 139. I want to challenge you. This is the challenge today to finish praying through this psalm. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow. But the same way that we just did it together, finish praying through this psalm. And I want to encourage you, let someone know you completed it. Maybe the person you came today to church or if you came alone, uh, tell me and Pastor Quint, we want to know. Tell somebody, keep that accountable to you that you have completed that, that you are learning how to pray through the scripture. Or maybe you've known all along, but that you are bringing a fresh perspective, a new and fresh way to love and communicate to God. So would you stand in the spirit of prayer? I just want to close today uh, by singing together a prayer, a declaration uh, that stands the test of time. And we're just going to pray together. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you have opened up a way that we can communicate with you. I pray today that we could pray persistently, that we could pray passionately, and that we could pray gratefully. God, we exalt you in this place and we trust you in every way. God, we pray that you would make us strong in you so that we can weather any storm that comes at us. God, we love you and we give you praise. And it's in your strong and precious name I pray. Amen. exalt you. We recognize that you are so high above all things. So we thank you for that. We praise you for that. We choose to spend more time in prayer this week and every week. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.